currently inhabit, welcome to the Perfume Chronicles. My name is Ryan Morano, and in the third part of our Fringe World Festival mini-series, I am joined by a special troupe from Queensland. After winning Best Production, Best Script and Best Actor at the Short and Sweet Festival 2016, Boys Taste Better with Nutella are here to perform at Lazy Susan's Comedy Den. With me are the show's performers Caitlin Hill and Peter Wood, and the show's co-director <laughs> and the show's co-director and producer Kristen Maloney. Welcome. Thank you. Thanks for Hello. Us. See, spotting this in the Fringe Guide, it's quite, you know, it pops out because it's utilising a very favourite family spread. <laughs> and I'm not sure we might get in trouble, but I think doing some my uh, media training, I think this is fair use. Mm. I think I can say I was teller. looking at it in the poster and I was like, oh, that season to sister is coming. But then when I looked closely at the, our type, it is quite different. So, you know, I reckon, you know, we'll keep on going with it. We but just made an agreement between ourselves. We are never hashtagging Nutella at all. Never hashtag Nutella. <laughs> it's fine. Like, I, I mean, we can always change the name if anyone ever has a problem with it one day. I'm not worried. I know that we're not going to get in trouble, trouble. It's That's fine. good. But if you do, let me know because I'd love to cover it. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? So how do boys taste better with Nutella? So what is this show about? Okay, well, it's about two friends who are... Stuck in a time loop. <laughs> and that time loop is basically, you know how sometimes when you um, do something bad, to you know, you think it's bad, and you're like, oh, that sucks, and so you indulge in like maybe alcohol or binge eating to make yourself feel better, and then maybe in your life you begin to repeat those patterns of behavior. You meet a guy, it doesn't work out, you go on a binge, you know, meet a guy, it doesn't work out, go on a binge. And for um, the other character that Peter plays, Frederick, it's... He, for him, it's this obsession with the internet, mukbangs, binging, things go bad, he keeps punishing himself with food in bad ways, and, and so we're just going in the sleep over and over again, but the audience are aware that we're really trying to get out of it. So they come in and we're like, please, this is going to be it, this is the last time, we're going to make ourselves try to get out of it this time. And, um, yeah. But do we get out of the time? Do we like? get out of it? Do we? Do we? <laughs> Oh, does Nutella bring us back into this hole? Yeah, we don't know. We don't We've know. all been there with like the jar of Nutella saying we're never going to eat the whole jar ever again. And, yeah, and then know, we do. And then we do. Yeah. I think that image is sort of like, you know, the person with the bucket of ice cream, you know? Mm. Mm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, or yeah. like when you order an Uber and you're like, that's the last time I'm ordering an Uber and you delete the app of your phone only for the very next day to like download it again. You're like, oh, I suck. <laughs> It's like that. It's like the same thing. You tell yourself you'll be better and you're not better. So we, our characters, Aggie and Frederick, tell each other, we're going to be better, we're going to be better, and every time we're not better. And so it's exploring that way of behavior, way of thinking. Sometimes I don't even need like a bad situation to happen to me. I'm just like, oh yeah, I'll just eat a whole tub of ice cream regardless. Oh, I'm in a good mood? Excellent. Let me just <laughs> whip it out of the freezer. Mmm, delicious. Treat myself. Yeah. I love that. Well, that's a, I think that's a, like a great, yeah, treat myself. I hear that constantly. I was hearing that last week. Mm. You just got to treat yourself, you know? Yeah. I think um, before I came here, I was reading, and you know, we try to be a bit topical here on the podcast. You must be aware of, and I don't want to get too political, but you know the Studio 10, the program? Yes. There's this recent thing about um, one of the presenters having a, a heated discussion about Australia Day. I'm not sure you might... Oh, just, yes. You know, yeah. it, it, I forgot the presenter's name. It was by an established, one of the established presenters, 
was... I can't remember the name either, but yes. But why the reason why I'm bringing up this yeah. whole entire Studio 10 uh, thing is because the presenter, Yumi, I believe that's her name, Yumi, um, she wrote on Instagram, I think two days ago technically, and she said, I'm not coming into work today. She was scheduled to come on the show the next day after they had this massive, you know, you know, heated discussion about yeah. a Australia Day mm-hmm. and calling one of the presenters racist. Oh, wow. So that sort of, it was, it was quite heated. And she didn't come in the work next day. Um, she wrote on Instagram, look, it's because I'm, everything's fine. I'm okay. I just don't want to do nothing today. Mm-hmm. And I just think that was just an, an interesting point of the, the idea of the importance of doing nothing. Yes. Yeah. You've got to take time out and you've got to give yourself that time to reflect which is, which is what these characters do not do. They do not want to reflect. They do not want to go back. They force themselves to do it, and it causes them a lot of pain. But it's important when these things happen, you have these um, disagreements and, and, and a lot of hurt in that Australia Day. You need to... That's what I saw that on Instagram as well. Everyone was saying to everybody else, especially the Indigenous community, take time out to sit down and be by yourself. And everyone needs to do that when they have a really shitty time with someone mm-hmm. or a confrontational time. You need to sit back. Be with yourself, be alone uh, to recover. Otherwise, you end up, you know, self-harming in different ways, so many different ways, I find. Mm-hmm. I think. So, with that little political... It's a comedy show. Yeah. <laughs> it's really funny. Yeah. Yeah. So how did you guys three meet and collaborate and went on this wonderful journey of Nutella. It's been a really long journey. I have to admit, I've been the last person to come on board. So it started for Caitlin four years ago About now. About that, yeah. Um, you, you tell the story. Uh, but... Yeah, well, I'll bring you all in. Yeah. 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 So it started with diary entries about a bunch of guys that I had dated and um, just kind of thinking about that. And I had met Peter and he's kind of walked into my life as this character. And then Peter and I actually got to make a 24-hour play together for Fast Festival in Brisbane. Yeah. And Fast is the uh, Festival of Australian Student Theatre. Yes. Wow. Yeah, it's really great. So we had to make a play within 24 hours. Yeah, and I wrote this monologue and we really liked, um, which ended up becoming one of the core um, pieces of Aggie's character that then spiralled the 10 minute script. We enjoyed working together. We did. And then I wrote, I wrote a first draft of the script in one day, <laughs> Call the Boys Who Said Nutella. Applied for Shortsby Festival, got in, and then Peter came in and he, you know, added the jokes, and then he ended up writing a whole other part um, for my character. Yeah, because when was then we won Short and Sweet. Um, we got a development at the powerhouse. A five week development, which was crazy. I slept a lot the whole time. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, and so we either extended it with P- uh, Frederick's story because the whole time it was mostly about Aggie, and we wanted to hear more about Frederick. And then this next development. It's been about weaving the two stories together more coherently, uh, cohesively, mm-hmm. um, and then we. And then, we're and like... then they, they, I think I was driving them somewhere, <laughs> and they were like, oh, "We really need help taking this show to the next level." So they had this five-week development at Brisbane Powerhouse, and they did really well, and it, it, it like really had a great audience feedback. But they knew they wanted to take it to the next level, and I think they were struggling a little bit to think about how to do that. And I have a company called Backyard Theatre Collective, which brings together Queensland artists um, to just make great art, basically. And so the company's really trying to be supportive of, of artists coming together. Um, and so they were in the back of my car going, hey, Kristen, hey, 
Do you want to, do you want to produce this? Hey, 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 hey. <laughs> and we didn't know it would be for Perth. At first, I mentioned, I said to Kristen, oh, wouldn't it be just great? Because we'd already been to Perth Fringe. We, we went with Player Two. In 2017, we came here for Player Two, which got nominated for a theatre award. Oh. So we had a brilliant time in 2007. Um, 2016. 2017. 2017. We'll get there eventually. And we had a brilliant time. And I think... Once again, we were at my house, and Caitlin was like, yeah. oh, let's just put on the worst show possible. Let's just put in this terrible, <laughs> yeah, terrible show. We were player too, and we really cared about it, but we were new Fringe people, so obviously it's really hard to get an audience for your first time at Fringe. And we were really stressed about that. Well, where are the audiences? How do we get them? We spent a lot of time doing flyering and stuff instead of actually, like, enjoying the festival. And it was great. It was really good. You should work hard to get people to your audience. But, you know, it was... It was a learning curve. And I was like, wouldn't it be great if we just took a show that we didn't care about Perth Fringe to just, like, get those sweet artist passes? <laughs> <laughs> it's very expensive, you know what I mean, to get in and everything. And then we were like, well, why, actually, no, wait, why don't we take Boys Says Better and the Teller? And then the, we realised we, we do actually care, we really, we? really care about this show. So we're just doing the same thing all over again. But we're trying to have a bit more fun this time. And, and it's a funny, it's a funny, it's a funny show. Yeah, I think, laugh. yeah, it's, it's a really, like, we... We were in rehearsals and like one minute I'm on the floor in hysterics laughing and then the next I'm... He's just improving. He's, like, oh, he's improving. Oh, Peter's improving or breaking out into song or a dance move or something like that. And then the next minute I'm crying because... And, and that's really reflective of the show. You'll laugh so hard and then this penny will drop and it would just really hit home no, as well. Don't spoil it. It's Hashtag. a funny show. <laughs> so that's the long four year story of yeah, how Boys Test got to Perth. We'll be, even after Fringe, we're going to be on our like 10th draft of the script. So it's definitely been through the, the ringer. Try to make it as good as possible. Speaking about previous drafts, have you ever thought about using, I don't know, like peanut butter or another Vegemite? Oh, yeah. yeah. We, well, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, like, uh, boys who's better with hazelnut spread doesn't really ring in the others. <laughs> and because it, it's, when Caitlin came out with the title, she was like, oh, it kind of rhymes. Boys it's taste better, better with, with Nutella. It doesn't really, it doesn't really rhyme, but it, it's a, a little bit of a ring yeah, to I it. I spent all day writing on my bed. It made sense to me at the time. I was like, this totally makes sense. It's a great title. Mm-hmm. That's what happens when you spend too much time alone. <laughs> so would you because a lot of young people listen to this you know young artists listen to this podcast so there's always that sort of issue of the title mm-hmm. yeah has this had any other titles or it's iterations? always been boys taste better with Nutella um, I imagine if you know if anything ever happens we'll change it maybe just to boys taste better like, I mean that's pretty intriguing on its own mm. um, or maybe they'll one day it will just be like oh it's actually called best friends or my second best friend stuff like that like we'll, we'll think of, think of it but in the meantime like it's just so like Nutella just took off over the last few years in terms of the social media appreciation for it and we just wanted to celebrate that moment and that will eventually go away people will get too many cavities to like Nutella I have several of my own <laughs> every show is pain um, but so yeah we'll eventually change the title I'm sure it'll be fine though mm-hmm. the irony of this is actually Peter's highly allergic oh, yeah. <laughs> to Nutella oh yeah okay so okay okay so <laughs> what okay so we, when we started the show <laughs> Caitlin went to use actual Nutella in the show and I was like oh uh, 
sorry, Caitlin. By the way, um, I'm allergic to Nutella. I didn't tell her because I thought she would. She knew, but she was like, "What? Why am I making a show about Nutella if you're allergic to Nutella?" Um, so which actually became part of the show is the fact that Frederick's character is is allergic to Nutella. So that's actually now been weaved into the show. Yeah, we won't tell you whether we actually use Nutella or not. You'll have to decide on your own. You have to judge the spread as you see it come out. (laughs) What have been some creative bumps along the road to Perth that our younger artistic listeners could learn to avoid? Um... Well, this has been very difficult because I've taken so much time to come here and, like, enjoy Perth, but then I still, like, kind of, like, stressed about things at home, about, like, like job opportunities and, like, other rehearsals for other shows. And so I feel like when you're coming to Perth and doing Perth Friends, you kind of do have to leave it all behind for, like, a week or for how long you stay here. Um, because then you just get too caught up in like everything that's happening in your life and really the priority of why you're here is for your show and to connect with other artists. Mm. Did I answer your question? No, no, it's I think that's hard. Focus. Yeah. Mm. I think Peter is at that stage in his career where he hasn't learned to say uh, no yet or not yet. So he, I think he said yes to like so many things that he's so busy. Yeah, someone Which like, I did, I remember doing Please that. do this thing. Okay, I will. And then I realize I'm double booking, triple booking, quadruple booking myself and trying to manage my time with all the different places. Yeah, um, time management is key if you're going to Perth. Yeah. For sure. That's something that every young person needs to learn in life. Time management, absolutely. Yeah. And don't spread yourself too thin. Mm. No. I see what you did there. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Peter, what have you learned working with Christian, Kristen and Caitlin? I've learned that sometimes, well, we both all have very artistic differences in terms of directing and how we want to portray the story and whatnot. So we do come across a lot of, we do butt heads a lot. And so sometimes I do do have to just kind of bite my lip and like do what they are asking when directing. And I would just have to like kind of like think of it, think of it from their perspective and kind of like okay, so what are they trying to get across? Versus from from my kind of perception of how I want to shape the story. Mm. So I feel like you always, don't always reject opportunities and directions from your creatives. It's really hard sometimes when you're directing to show the other person what you have in your mind, mm-hmm. and that's why it's always really good to take a second. You think you know your character really well, and you do. It's always really good sometimes to just give the offer asked so that you either eventually come to an understanding or the director can see it. The directors, we're all directors, can see it and go, no, that didn't work, but thank you for showing me. And I find sometimes in rehearsal rooms that is a resistance that you come across. Like, I had a... Can you please do it like this, Kevin? Why? (laughs) Because, you know, I just want to see it. But... But why would I do that? Like, oh, I don't understand why I would do that. I was like, no, 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 no. Just offer it, see it. It'll fail, it'll succeed, and then you will eventually come to the understanding. So, yeah, we've all been through that. I think, oh, Kristen, yeah. like, uh, we've been like, Kristen, can we do this? And, and you've been like, I don't... We've all had that with this script. 
I think a lot for me, um, because I'm not performing in it, I'm sort of co-directing with these guys and then producing it as well. Like, for me, I'm constantly saying, show me, show me, don't tell me, show me. And I think that's the biggest thing in a creative development is that you can sit down and talk for hours. But the best thing you can do is get on your feet and just play. And And that's what we would do during all that. Like, we would mostly talk about the show. Eventually, we'd always rehearse it very hard and, you know, thorough. But we'd spend a lot of time talking Talking. about it. So this was a really good... Wasn't it? Like, you had to actually show first instead of, like, let's sit down, have a coffee, talk it out. Yeah, I noticed that 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 was my role quite a lot in the rehearsal room with this creative development, is they would be sitting down talking about something, and I was like, you have to get on your feet and just show me it. And then they would try to start explaining, and I was like, no, 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 stop explaining, just show me it. Um, Caitlin and I were like, "Mm, I don't And then they'd show it and figure it out on their own, on their feet. But yeah, it's just it's just this classic thing. And I always find if you don't have tension in the rehearsal room, you're not actually working hard enough. Um, I think there should always be tension within the creative process. But it's then once again, if like I've had ideas and they've put it on their feet, and I was like, and you know I've liked it, but they haven't. And I was like, okay, you got to let it go lightly, and then go on to the next one because that's what a collaborative creative development is all about. It's it's that ebb and flow of ideas and tension. Yeah, sorry, Peter, we kind of took it. I mean, you like working with us, right? Uh, yes, I do. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. We sound like the worst people ever. No oh one's going to want to work with us again. They're great to work with. taught me from my business opportunities in Brisbane to kind of Perth, and I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> now, the other thing that I really like about this show, and for our young... <laughs> listeners out there you're also running side by side a crowdfunding campaign oh. um, so I'll also put the link onto this podcast episode as well oh, thank you. and why I like it so much it's the the sort of social media promotion, the sort of uh, video clips you're adding on with this show now Caitlin as some people most likely will be aware that you are one of Australia's first mm, YouTubers. Yes, I was, yes. Um, wow. So much so that according to Wikipedia, and that's a very trusted, mm. a very trusted and secure source of knowledge, mm. he says with a sarcastic brow, <laughs> <laughs> you were dubbed by Australia's 60 Minutes as the goofy princess of cyberspace. Uh, you were awarded New York City's National Arts Club Medal of Honor. What does theatre have that YouTube ain't got? It's got an audience that are watching you live so they can't hide behind the screen so that there is a level of uh, civility (laughs) you can throw tomatoes at me and that would hurt less than some of the horrible comments you get on YouTube from people who don't think about the impact of their words when you're 17 and you're just like I did not make a video I don't recommend doing that but if you do do that people will just sometimes say the worst things especially if you happen to get a lot of hits and that doesn't happen with theatre, you know, at least not till the next day do the horrible negative reviews come out. <laughs> <laughs> and if you're getting negative feedback or critical feedback, it's coming usually from a trusted friend. Very rarely does somebody walk right up to you and go, you're a bad you're a dad, you're terrible. Sorry if I swore. No, you can swear. Fuck okay, shit. Okay. <laughs> yeah, but that doesn't happen and so there's this and I think it's more it's more organic it's healthier it's just yeah it's so much better and you can actually hear the laughs you don't have to overthink you know yeah it's just healthier for everybody 
What, what do you think, and this is for everyone, because with your social media campaign, the crowdfunding campaign, with your social, um, your, your videos, what are the sort of key ingredients to like good video components to a campaign? Uh, key ingredient video components? Like, um, thinking back, like the trailer yeah. to Nutella. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think you need a trailer. I think you need, um, well, yeah, trailer, little spots. We've got boomerangs coming. Different levels of trailer content is important. Yeah, I think thinking about the market you're trying to reach and how you're reaching them. Mm-hmm. Um, so thinking about your platform. So we, we're quite, uh, we use a lot of Instagram. But, like, keep in mind, your, your videos can't be over a minute on Instagram. And, and most people aren't really watching more than 14 seconds of video anyway, even on Facebook. So... You know, I think the day of the 40-second trailer is sort of just to the Aquamans and the, the the those sort of big movies where people actually want to watch the whole thing. But for us and independent artists, I think you, can, you need to catch people's attention quite quickly. Mm. And getting a bit of the essence of the show, and, that, and that's sometimes the hardest thing because you don't want to tell... You don't want to give the whole show storyline in your trailer, but you want to give an idea of the experience the audience is going to have in when they come and watch your show. Yeah. I think, you know, if you've got a really fun trailer like we have where Caitlin is sitting in a bathtub, naked, absolutely covered in Nutella, mm. um, I think it was about seven jars of Nutella we used for Something that. Something like that. Yeah. yeah, and then they come and they see a modern interpretation of Chekhov, you know, that's <laughs> Yeah, what the video component does is expand the world. Yeah, so you that's go on nice stage and you see a minimalist version of it and the characters that are presented. And when you see the video, you kind of come, especially if you do see the video before you see the show, you get to see the characters as if they really were in the world, like in, their, in reality, you know, and, and it's kind of an extension of the character you'll see on stage. I can't, well, I could, I might have to put that in the next development, but I don't, I don't have a bath of Nutella on stage. But I do in the video, so they can imagine that, you know what I mean? And, and the, the drink, and some, you, know, you know, the wine that's in some of the videos mm. and the fries, but also, like, there's a more realistic portrayal in the, in the trailers that you don't get to see so much in on the, the stage. Yeah. And I just think that is, um, it kind of evokes, like, these are real people. This is you and me. We're going to give you a heightened kind of spectacular version on stage, but this is us now. I I think it's good to see when you're promoting a show is that you like come across as authentic. Because sometimes when I see a lot of like promotion stuff out there for shows, even like TV shows, I go like, oh, what's, why is it, why do they, I, I can't like pinpoint, I can't put the word on it, but I go, oh, this is very highly like produced, I guess. Overly produced. Overly produced. It, I can't connect with them through what they're promoting. They look really standoffish or it looks really prestige at like, I feel like when you connect, want to connect with audiences, you kind of have to show how, like, this is as real as an authentic as I can be. 
I don't know how else to work. I, I like that though, considering some of our trailers, you in the shower instead of water, you're being showered with, with fries. fries, and that's the authentic. I think it's a good, a good to have a balance between. I think it's, I think it's lovely. You know, you got a you know slightly photoshopped poster that looks really clean and nice, and then you see me in person, you're like, uh-huh, she put some makeup on. You know, oh. you no, no, no. But I'm saying like it's nice to you know got that, but then you got a social media post of just for you know Frederick, Peter, and I just hanging out we've got insta stories of just us you know landing you can go to our page see who we really are we definitely want to um and we're thanking a lot of people thank you for this thank you for this thank you for this so it doesn't seem like oh where did th- these people came out of nowhere no that doesn't make anyone feel good about themselves when they see p- people coming to the show out of nowhere like you know what i mean it's not healthy you're like oh how do they do this it just looks like they came out of nowhere and they you know they just suddenly put on a show no years of work Lots of people helping. It's all there. It's all evident. So, you know, you can do this too. It's just about, yeah, it's just, yeah. So it's a facade, not a facade. Does that make sense? It's not a facade, yeah. Like, it's the spectacular, you can be, it's a spectacular, there's the spectacular show. Then there also is just the gritty, like, we're in the rehearsal room and it's been really hard today. Mm. Kind of aspect of it. Yeah. Which you can find on that Insta story. You know, we've got the journey on there of us kind of doing all the interviews and stuff like that and... Yeah, absolutely. I think, yeah. And I think the important thing, what you hit there was you have the opportunity to engage with your audience on social media. You've got that live, sort of visceral, very tangible. Yeah. And has the show been affected? Like, I don't know, was there a person saying, I don't like Nutella? Or, you know, like, like, have there been any, like, like changes to the story from your social media engagement? Not yet, no. Uh, uh, There has been some pressure added um, when one of the Perth sites was giving away free tickets and I saw how many people were commenting and what they were saying and it made me start to think about how much maybe more Nutella we needed to add to the show. <laughs> you like, are covered in a lot of Nutella. Yeah, yeah, I'm not yeah. sure how oh, much yeah. more we I can add. I was like, these people really want Nutella. I can see by their comments. Okay, so I was like looking through, like, where can we give them what they want? We've got to give them more Nutella. Like, should I throw snack packs into the crowd? Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. So, they, yeah, a bit of pressure. But the other comment I get mostly on my YouTube channel is like, oh, I heard about boys with Nutella. I'm sure girls also taste good with Nutella. And I was like, yes, good point. Thank you. Thanks <laughs> like, for that comment. Does it make any sense? <laughs> so why don't you call it that? I was like, because I'm not putting Nutella on any girls. I don't know, except for myself. Not I, yet. I think that my I was really surprised by how many people love Nutella. Oh, like man. how many people were tagging their friends and going, "We love Nutella." I'm eating Nutella as I'm typing this. Yeah, Let's go awesome. see the show. And I was like, wow, there's a community of Nutella people out there. That's what I thought when I wrote it because I was, I was seeing all the stuff on, you know, when we, we you know, first wrote it back in the day, it, you know, because this has been around for, a, obviously Nutella's been around for a while, but the social media thing has been happening for a really long time. So we're kind of coming on with the ride of it. And I just, you know, thought about that. And then I was watching people, yeah, at each other and be like, this is you, this is you. And I was like, oh, cool. And it was all women. There's like no guys being like, hey, this is you. It was all, this is you, girl, this is you. You know, I was like, oh, yay, there's, there's women out there who feel the same, the same way, mm-hmm. you know, who definitely overconsume the product. <laughs> <laughs> what would you like an audience to take away from watching Boys Taste Better with Nutella? That it's okay if you're not doing great in life because sometimes all of us are not doing great. And so we can all not do great together. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, 
Yeah, there's a strong uh, message of um, the dangers of self-love and how it's marketed in, in social networking. Um, a lot of it is about self-improvement and not self-love. Um, and a lot of people are saying self-improvement towards self-love, but I think sometimes it's good to, to know that you don't, you can, you deserve to be loved by people and to be treated well and with respect by other people if you are having an anxiety attack, if you are depressed, if you are overweight, if you feel like you're overweight, if you are doing any kind of self-harm, nobody should treat you with less respect and not with equal love just because you are, you know, not doing very well. Because you see, and there's a whole issue of mental health, you know, you know, people seen as lesser. You know, well, once you get mentally healthy, once you learn to love yourself, you'll find a guy and you'll settle down and you'll be happy. You know, well, like you can't date me. This happens in the gay community a lot. With a lot of articles about this, you mm -hmm. can't date me until you are also fit. Like you do not deserve my love until you are on my level. Mm -hmm. And that just really shocked me. So I just want people to know that if anyone's treating them bad because of their issues, that's not okay. Like you've got your whole life to sort that out and work on yourself, and you should be able to find love and respect along the way on that journey, not at the end of the goal, you know, end of the rainbow or whatever. Mm. Yeah? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 Very important. Well, guys, thank you so much for the chat. Um, you can catch Caitlin, Peter, and Kristen at Lazy Susan's Comedy Den from the 1st to the 3rd of February with their show, Always Taste Better with Nutella. <laughs> Tickets at... God, that sounds so fucking creepy. <laughs> Tickets at fringeworld.com.au. Thanks, guys. Oh, Thank you so much. Thank you so much.